Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I am the host of this show where I get to interview Olympic athletes on their story and path to the Games. Today we have David Leggio of USA Hockey. David was one of the lucky few to be asked to be on the team. He, as you might have heard, the uh, 2018 Olympics hockey, NHL did not allow the hockey players in. So we had a um, a group of hockey players that weren't from the NHL. So they were from Europe. They were from Russia. They were not on any NHL teams. They were just right out of college. There was a group of kids, group of older dudes. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, if you didn't hear about the story, they came close to the medal round. It was amazing. So David gets to retell that as the goalie from the 2018 team and what it was like being able to take advantage of um, what some people around the country thought was an unfortunate situation. Him and his teammates saw as an amazing opportunity they took hold. So without further ado, David Leggio. Special guest today, David Leggio of USA Hockey, born July 31st, 1984 in Williamsville, New York. Started playing hockey at the age of five. Played for He played four years at Clarkson University as the goalie where his team won the ECAC Tournament Championship. He's played on multiple ECHL and AHL teams and has two different stints in Europe where he currently plays for Wolfsburg. Um, and David represented us in the 2018 games in Korea. David, thanks for hanging out today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem at all. We appreciate all the time that you put in and uh, glad you got a little uh, recognition from it for the 2018 games. But if you don't mind, let's start, um, let's start the story at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, growing up playing hockey um, and, and really just, just getting into the game and then obviously uh, goaltending. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, from Buffalo, New York. So that's a uh, big hockey, hockey community, big football community too. But um yeah, my uh, I remember the earliest time I remember playing hockey is my grandfather. He's of a Russian descent, and we used to play in, in the basement, uh, just whack whack the puck around or the ball or whatever, and they could hit. And uh, that's how I started playing hockey. I just remember watching games with my dad. Uh, you know, I just watched the TV and sitting on his lap, or going to games when we were young. We had some season tickets, and and the games pretty cheap back then too. So. Those are some of like, my best memories that are fondest. And even though you're so young, you don't remember it that well. I just know it's so special, especially now having a, a son of my own. And, um, yeah, I started on the ice around five. Um, it was a forward. And uh, my, my grandfather was friends, like I said. So he always said that he grew up in the same uh, town as Alexander McGillney. So uh, when I thought about it later, uh, the, the years didn't really add up. You know, <laughs> McGillney came over when I was young, and he's like 18 or 19. And, you know, my grandfather was not so uh, so yeah I was, I was a, a a goal hanging forward I love scoring goals and just getting breakaways and um, I was a tryouts when I was seven and we need we need a goalie for the tryout and uh, I grew up in the neighborhood with my cousins and I was the youngest kid like they were two years older four years older so I mean I, I had buddies in my neighborhood too but if I went and play with them with all the older kids and deal kind of was I had to play goalie for at least half and then I could play forward so that's what got me uh in the net uh, initially I came home from tryouts my dad's like you had to work that day he's like did you make the team yeah I made the team forward defense uh not goalie and <laughs> it's just like his jaw dropped it's like oh no but uh yeah out, so that's too funny, man. Yeah, Alexander McGillney, I do remember um, I remember him playing. I used to be very, very into hockey when I was younger. Lost it a little bit, and now I'm starting to get back into it again. So I remember that name. That's a good one. Um, and, yeah, I guess that time that time frame with your grandfather doesn't quite line up. But I like um, the uh, 
the sentimental aspect that he tried to put behind it and, and really making sure that uh, the Russian descent and all that. Uh, I, I like that. It's, it's pretty funny yeah. to him. And that was fun too. Uh, I, I played in the world championships a couple of times in team USA. And the second time was in Belarus. And I mean, it's now Bel- I mean, now it's Belarus, but as he grew up uh, near Minsk, it was kind of full circle that I got to visit Minsk and spend some time there and where he grew up. And so that was pretty cool. That is cool. I like that. Full circles are always fun to, uh, to, to finally connect. Uh, that's fantastic. So, um, you obviously, I mean, I love the story of how you started to play goalie. You're the youngest, obviously. So you're the one that was getting the puck shot at you or the ball shot at you constantly from, from your older cousin. So I love that. We did that to my little brother as well. And maybe that's why he's a bit tougher than I am, but, um, you, you clearly played goalie for a little while and you eventually went to Clarkson university. Tell us about your time in college, um, playing goalie and, and having some pretty good success while you were there. Yeah, Clarkson was a very special time for me. Um, I came as a recruited walk-on. Uh, how I got recruited was uh, I, one of my best friends, Sean Weller, was on my junior team for two years, and he ended up being a third-round draft pick to Ottawa, and he was a big recruit. So Clarkson was already at a lot of our games, and I was getting recruited some D3 schools, and I had a couple uh, D1. Uh, I had Army and, like, you know, a couple of teams interested, but no one really gave me a firm offer except for Army. So, um, a coach I grew up playing for in Pee Wee, uh, Pete Marchand, his, his son Todd played at Clarkson. Uh, a lot of the kids from my town, we, we kind of like looked up to Todd growing up. You know, he won a Stanley Cup and, play, you know, we all know he played at Clarkson. And, you know, back then before the internet, you don't get a lot of exposure to a lot of mm-hmm. colleges and stuff. So Clarkson was a place I always wanted to go. So I took a chance as a recruiter to walk on and didn't play very much freshman year. And coaches told me if I worked hard and proved that I could play that eventually you know I would play and that if I could be a starter they would give me a scholarship so sophomore year I got a chance to uh, compete for the job with another guy um, Kyle McNulty and uh, he was one of the hardest guys I've ever played with I think just that competition right? I knew like in the summer that if, if I wasn't going to work he was and you know I just had to really bear down on everything learn how to eat learn how to train learn how to rest like everything so sophomore year ended up uh, winning the starting job by Christmas and freshman year went very good and my class was pretty big um, sophomore year we were about 500 and then junior year you know I, I was you know the established starter and we had a phenomenal year um, you know we went to the uh, we won the ECAC championship we finished second in the ECAC um, we were one seed in the tournament we lost one nothing time to UMass Amherst and John Quick but that year was really special for me I won goal I got the goalie of the year award from the ECAC and it was more not so much the, the accolade that meant a lot to me it was just the fact that like I came as a walk-on and I'd finally kind of established myself and that was mm-hmm. kind of the first time I realized that well maybe after this I could play pro hockey senior year same then we had a year um finished first in the regular season but unfortunately didn't do very well in the playoffs but then once the tournament and um we beat St. Cloud the first game, but lost to Michigan, who was they were like the one overall seed that year. Uh, they had Kevin Porter, uh, Max Pacioretty, and a bunch of guys that played in the NHL and were top players. So, fortunately, we only went to the Elite Eight, eight there. But I was just surrounded by, um, first, a great coaching staff that you know gave me the chance to prove that I could play and, and believed in me. And, and they were great people, which really stood out to me. I still stay in touch with them to this day. Uh, role, Greg Drexel, J.F. Hool, um, just phenomenal human beings. And then my teammates and my classmates, we just we, we worked incredibly hard. 
for the people that aren't familiar, Clarkson is a pretty small town. This university is 3,000. The town with Potsdam State and, and the residents, it's like 12,000 during the year. So we're incredibly close in the group. We were always hanging out, like the whole team, you know, you'd have a movie, it's there'd be 20 guys, you know. Um, so it, it was just such a great experience for me. I made some of my best friends there. And uh, not only that, the people in the town and the, uh, the students, like I still stay in touch with students, uh, you know, not to say students, like I wasn't a student, but sometimes when you play a, a college sport, you get segregated. And, and we made it a point, like, not to do that as, as freshmen. We really wanted to make sure that we we're, we were hockey players, but we were also students there. And um, it was just such a phenomenal experience. I, I wish that experience for anybody that goes and, and plays a collegiate sport. So um, fond memories, just, just a, a second home for me. I love it, man. Yeah, that's, that's what everyone's looking for, I think, with college, or at least when you come out of it, you realize what you got out of it. Um, and I think that that's always um, extremely, extremely important. So after Clarkson, obviously you did see some success. Congratulations going from walk-on to, um, you know, winning, winning those accolades that you talked about. Um, I think that that's absolutely impressive and it's always something to show um, just people that, you know, hard work pays off. You know, if you learn how to do it and you do it correctly and you do it every day with consistency and persistency, um, you're going you're gonna to potentially get to where you want. And it seems like you were able to do that and with uh, some unfortunate losses in the, in the tournament, obviously. But, I mean, you threw out, you know, Michigan and UMass Amherst you're talking about two huge hockey schools, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, not really, not really a, a, a great way to end it. But I'm for, you know, uh, you know, obviously there's might might be a little bit of a difference in recruiting with some of those places too. So I think you guys clearly put up a really great fight. So after Clarkson University, um, you're signed, you're traded. You've been you you were in the essentially the minor leagues, right, of the the NHL for a little while, um, the ECHL as well as the AHL. Um, tell us about your time, especially coming out, and you were undrafted, correct? Yeah, wasn't drafted. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us about that and and getting the opportunity to sign with teams and play and, and really just get to show yourself a little bit on uh, the minor league level. Yeah. Well, I came out. You know, I was hoping for an NHL two way right out of college, but I didn't get it. But um, Carolina wanted me to sign an AHL two way and uh, play primarily in the ECHL with a chance to get called up to the American League. So. Um, yeah, so most of that season I spent down in Florida and Fort Myers for the Everblades. Um, I got one call up to the A uh, there for a couple of weeks, played one game, and it did not go very well. But um, it's a big adjustment from, from college to pro. You have to go through that process. And a lot of goalies actually start in the ECHL, guys that you know end up having long careers in the NHL. We mentioned John Quick. He's a guy that started in the ECHL. And that year I played against guys like uh, Michael Newberth and James Reimer. So. Um, it was a good learning experience for me to go there and actually to live in Florida was pretty great too I mean you know you never really get burned out it's a long year you play a lot of games but you know the sun's shining you get to put a bit of golf on your off days so um, yeah I mean uh, we had a really good year the best team regular season but unfortunately we fell short in the playoffs but um, got to play a lot of games and learn the pro system that you know you're just another guy there, like you, you have to prove it every day. You know, I mean, I had Anton Kudobin as my uh, partner for most of the year there. He's had a long NHL career, and I had to try to beat him out, which was tough. But at the same time, I've had really good partners my entire career. So you have to, you know, use that to make you better. And, you know, fortunately, it, it has for the most part. 
Yeah, man. Do you want me to keep going on my teams? or? or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just talk about the experience here. in general. You don't have to go one by one, but I mean, really just what you learned oh, um, yeah. from the whole experience on, on being the NHL before you did make the jump over to Europe. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so after that year, I went to Finland, um, which for me, it was just a situation where, you know, if you've been to ECHL, you could get pigeonholed as, as an ECHL player. And, and, you know, my goal is to always um, get into the AHL and then give myself a chance to get called up to the NHL. And um, I went to Finland and it was a long years up and down. We, we were in 13th place out of 14 in January and we battled back and made the playoffs the last season and um, ended up winning the championship. We were a surprise team, uh, kind of like a miracle team they call us in Finland playing for uh, TPS in Turku. Uh, so that was a, definitely a new experience. You, you know, you go overseas. Um, my wife now, we were dating at the time. It was our first year living together. So that was a, a, a big experience or a big experience for us and a test for our relationship. And, you know, we, we passed that test of flying colors. We both love Finland and, you know, it's dark and stuff like that, but you know, you, you find things to do and try to make the best of it, but it was a great city. And then, you know, from that, I was able to, Signed back home in the AHL with uh, the Sabres from Cleveland, and I spent three years in, in their um, their system. We moved to Rochester, our team, and um, that was three of the best years of my life, just because I was close to home, playing for my hometown team, and I get, had a lot of success in the American League and uh, played a ton of games. I think I played the most games in my last two years in Rochester than any other bully, and. Um, from, you know, from there, bounced on to uh, the Capitals uh, system in Hershey, PA, and then the Islanders system in Bridgeport and um, traded Arizona for my last stint there in the AHL. But, um, you know, it's a great league and there's a lot of great players, but it's, you're trying to get to the NHL. It's, it's super competitive. You know, you got to bring it every night. Some days you're playing three games and three nights and three cities and you're not getting a lot of sleep and, you know, sometimes your nutrition is exactly what it is. So you got to really take matters in your own hands and make sure that you're doing everything that you can to prepare, um, to be ready to play. There's no excuses. You know, you, you, you play on a Sunday at four o'clock and you got in at three in the morning. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, if you play well or not, it's going to show up the same on the stat sheet. So you really have to find ways to play outside your comfort zone and, uh, but again, like all phenomenal experiences, uh, you know, some better than others. You got to learn how to handle failure too. Like there were some rough stretches there that weren't so easy, particularly when I was in Bridgeport, the season just didn't go well. Our team didn't do very well. I didn't do well personally. And, you know, you have to learn how to handle that and still have confidence in yourself and keep battling through things. So um, it was great to have that opportunity. Unfortunately, I never got a chance to play in the NHL. You know, I played some preseason games, but, um, you know, I gave myself the best chance possible and, you know, I, I can say I have no regrets on it. That's all you can really ask for, man. If you give it your best, um, someone's best might be just a little bit better than yours on certain nights. And, you know, it's obviously unfortunate. It sounds like it was a huge goal of yours naturally. I mean, growing up in hockey, wanting to play in the NHL is pretty, um, pretty understandable to be a goal. And it's, it's unfortunate, as I said, that you didn't get to do it, but as you said, you gave yourself the best possible shot and uh, just just didn't quite work out the way you wanted. But um, there was a, a little bit of um, positives that came out of your career. Obviously, again, you know, you represented the United States in the 2018 um, Olympic Games. I mean, from certain people's standpoint, it was disappointing that NHL players weren't allowed in. And, you know, that's a controversy we don't really need to get into. But from your standpoint, I mean, what was it like when you heard that NHLers weren't allowed in and then how did you put yourself in the best position to be selected for the team? 
Yeah, exactly. You know, the time and the situation where NHL players weren't allowed to be in it um, benefited me because now my career was in Europe primarily. And, um, you know, and when I was playing back home, the time didn't work out so well for me sometimes with injuries and stuff like that. And then also my best season was Laco. So <clears throat> a season where I probably would have gotten called up. It was a shortened season. And there was no injuries in Buffalo. And they had Miller, who was an absolute stud. And John Roth was established, and with no injuries, there was no chance to go up. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, the summer before the Olympics, um, you know, we, we were getting wind that the players weren't going to go. And talking to some NHL guys that I know, they were kind of repeating that in their, their personal meetings or, you know, the communication between the players and, and management and stuff was that the players weren't going to go. So once that kind of came on my radar, it was definitely uh, – motivating it was it was a goal I set for myself immediately especially in the offseason and um that summer I talked to Jim Johansson who I, I got to know pretty well I played um he had brought me to two world championships at that point which was an incredible honor in itself and a Deutschland Cup which is a tournament uh when you're playing in Europe they just it's European players um we had that before the Olympics as well so I played in two of those and uh you know he called and said I was a a, a, a top candidate for the team uh, I want to say late June, and um, man, I mean, there's that—that that was like a, a shot of adrenaline through your body, just knowing that you have a chance. And then, you know, I was playing in Munich at the time. I, I spent three years there, and we won the championships, and we we're great. So that was, you know, I was having success in Europe. So that that was nice too. And, and um, like I said, like the timing was huge. I was on a great team. You know, now my career was in Europe, and and um, yeah. So I mean. Uh, knowing that I had a chance was something that every day I went to the gym or the rink, you know, you're trying to work as hard as you can, but there's, you know, summer gets long, the day, you know, you just put more and more, you just remind yourself, like I have a chance to play in the Olympics. Like there's, there's no better stage for an athlete. There really isn't. Um, it's, it's absolutely incredible that you're able to do that. And you got that opportunity, um, that, you know, like you, you, you represented our country on the biggest stage for sports, um, you know, in the entire world. So I just think that that is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I, uh, we're breaking up a little bit. Um, any chance you can get closer to your wife? Ah, there you go. You're out and you're back. Hey, you're back. All right. No, I think, is there, are you, could you get a little, are you like far away from your Wi-Fi router or are you right next to it? I'm like right next to it. Oh, okay. Then, hey, that's just uh, that's just uh, what we're playing with today. So not a big deal. Um, I can edit this out, so it's really not a problem at all. But um, right. so you you were given the the call to say that you were a top candidate. When when did it become? I mean, so at that point, it becomes a reality that you have the chance. At what point did you think to yourself, or did you have the confidence? You were like, okay, I'm going to make the team. I'm going to do this, and and I'm going to go and represent us in Korea. Yeah, I mean that was a long process because you know. Uh, that's June that I, I talked to Jim and uh, season starts and I got up to a great start. And then we had that Deutschland cup tournament early November and uh, everything was going well at that time, but you know, ebbs and flows of the season. I had a little bit of a tough stretch right after Deutschland cup, but got my game back together pretty quickly. Just a couple of bad games. And, um, you know, I knew they were watching all the, all the candidates pretty closely. So um, honest to God, it wasn't until I got the phone call because they were waiting to announce the team and they, uh, announced most of the team at the Winter Classic January 1st, but we were told that they were not going to name the final two goalie spots until after. 
Um, so really I was on pins and needles until I got the call. And, uh, you know, when I did, it was probably one of the more emotional phone conversations I've had with somebody before in my life. I mean, again, I just, it, all the, the feelings and emotions rushed through you. I was at the park actually with my son, uh, my wife had gone to the grocery store and, uh, we were just hanging out and playing. He was like, I don't know, one half at the time and got the call from the assistant coach, Keith Belaine, and he was small talking a little bit and just wanted to know so bad what was going on. And so finally he told me I made a team and, you know, I, I was just so excited and, and happy and proud and honored to be able to get that opportunity and got back and told my wife and all my family and that was it, ready to go. That's awesome, man. And then tell us, so now, I mean, so I would wake up, I mean, obviously being here on the East Coast, I'd wake up, I mean, the games were on at what, like five o'clock in the morning here. So I'd get up at six and I'd turn on the game and it'd be like halfway through the second or the beginning of the third, whatever it was, and I'd watch the game. So I just thought it was so much fun. And, and you know, at first I was, I'll be very honest with you, I was a little disappointed the NHLers weren't going to be in it because it's fun to see, you know, the, the, the best of the best um, from around the world duke it out. But at the same time, I think the, the, um, the fact that they weren't there kind of gave me a little bit more of a connection with the team. I don't know if you guys have heard that from somewhere else, but you know, you guys are, are gutting it out. You're, you're, you're not NHL players. And I just think I thought it was super, super cool to see you guys really be able to go out there and just give it your all and really show us, you know, what it was like to represent your country from, from your standpoint. I mean, did you receive any of that kind of sentiment from, from some of the fans around, around the country? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit mixed, but, um, Everything everyone's rooting for us. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Cer- cer- certainly, there was people that wish. Yeah, I mean, a lot of fans wish that the NHL was there, but that wasn't something to control. But and uh, you know, it was the same for every team. You know, um, you know, Russia had some guys that would have been in the NHL, uh, but they chose to play in, in, in their home country. The guys like Kovalchuk and Datsuk, and then there's other guys in the roster that could definitely play in the NHL, but the economics don't work. You know, they get paid eight, nine million in the KHL and you can't pay a guy like that, you know, over here. So they were, they were kind of like going in in everyone's eyes, like the major uh, favorites, but um, you know, we just uh, wanted to go there and do the best we could and, and make our country proud. And um, I think we did that. I think we had a really good team. You know, we lost in the shootout to go to the, the medal round, you know what I mean? That was crushing, but um, no, we definitely felt the love and, and, you know, you wanted to be not, – not to say it would have been a miracle team, um, but, you know, we wanted to kind of emulate that success at 80. And we laid it all on the line, but unfortunately we just didn't get the result we wanted. And it all came down to a shootout, which is disappointing. But, you know, fortunately for the women, it worked out. The shootout, you know, worked in their favor. So that's just how hockey goes sometimes. And Yeah, man, there's not much. I mean, again, you guys gave it a, a, an incredible run. It was so much fun being able to watch um, – just again, I felt like there was just a little bit more of a connection than, than watching some of these NHLers that I see every day. I just thought it was um, really cool and really, really enjoyable to see you guys really go out there and, and put it all on the line. Um, what would have like, so obviously the, the games were what they were. You, you enjoyed that. It sounds like obviously, again, we didn't really quite do as well as we wanted, but what was the whole experience like just being able to go there and realizing that you're on the top, um, you know, the, 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 the top of the top, the, one of the biggest events around the world every four years, especially the winter side. I mean, what was that like being able to understand like the opening ceremonies and you were chosen to be a representative for us? 
it was kind of like a it was surreal. I mean, the whole thing was like a dream. You know, you, you get from the second you get off the plane, you don't want it to end. Like you want time to kind of stand still. And, uh, you know, it, it all happened really quick. You know, you get there, um, you travel, across, you know, three hours across the country. And then the next day, you got practice and open ceremonies. And, you know, you got all the gear. You know, we, we did the fitting at the hotel like most of the athletes did. I think more based on the time that we all got in. Um, but, you know, you have two suitcases, giant suitcases with Mikey and, and, and Ralph Lauren stuff. And all this. <laughs> you're overwhelmed. They're going through the stuff. You don't know what's what, when to wear it. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you know, like I flew over on the same flight as, as a lot of the German athletes. And also Lindsey Vaughn was on our, our flight. You're seeing all these super famous athletes. Sean White and you know it's really wow what's going on here this is crazy but um everything I mean you just you're just in this little bubble for two weeks or whatever it was and then you're at open ceremonies and it's just surreal I mean like the whole time you just you're just like pinching yourself like am I really here like and you know for a lot of us yeah we're not Sidney Crosby and stuff so we're just like, like well, how did this happen you know you, you just you're never dreaming. I'm sure even a lot of the NHL guys have gone down. We had Brian Gianta on our team. I'm sure he felt the same way when he went to Torino. You know, he was a top player at the time. But you, you always strive for the best stuff in your career, but you never imagine it will come true. So, yeah, everything day to day, you just try to soak it up. Everyone just tried to soak it all in. And at the same time, you're trying to be incredibly focused on the, the job you're there to do. So, um, it was just such a magical experience. And and I had a lot of family there as well. My my wife and my young son, dad, sister, my best friend, one of my old good friend, my in-laws. Um, you know, I had the, them there experiencing all the things and going to the going to the the USA house and the other like country houses and stuff and just going to other events. You know, I got to go to um, a lot of the the skating events and then I also got to see curling against uh, Canada, which was really cool. You know, you, you're getting to know all these athletes. You, you're hanging out doing the Norma Tech at the USA Lounge and talking to these speed skaters or figure skaters. And you're kind of, you know, no one, we don't know anything about speed skating. They don't really know anything about hockey. And you're kind of picking each other's brains and how they train and how, you know, how they live their day to day lives. And it was really interesting and really cool. You know, it was just, uh, you get done and you're on the plane going back. And you're like, oh, man. I wish I could through one. You know, it's just it's it's tough. It's tough to leave, but um, yeah, definitely just an incredible experience. I mean, it's it's hard to put into words. To be honest, I think you did a pretty good job, David. I, I really do. I mean, I I can hear the emotion in your voice and and the the way that it went. And you know, as you said, it's it's a blink. It's a two weeks that feels like you know probably thirty seconds. Um, and is is over almost immediately. And it's. It's unfortunate, but it's one of those things where, I mean, you, you have those memories, you have those pictures, you have the time that you spent there with your family and friends. And I think that that's extremely important. And again, I mean, you were, you were chosen, you were selected to represent us on, on one of the biggest stages um, every, every two years, every four years, however you want to call it. And I think that that is just absolutely phenomenal. And, and we appreciate that you sacrificed all that time. You did everything you needed to do and you were, you were able to do that. So I think that that is just, just super, super cool, man. So thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate no. Too. Hey, man, you put in all the work. I'm just asking you some questions about it. Don't <laughs> worry. I didn't do too much. Um, so um, one thing that is always an interesting question that I love to ask athletes is, you know, obviously as an athlete, your career ends, unfortunately, sooner than most. You know, I can do this for the next 50 years 
I'll be very honest with you, David, you probably can't be a professional goalie for the next 50 years. So is there something, obviously with the young son, you're still in Europe, you're over um, in, in Germany now. Um, what is, do you, do you have any sort of plan or idea of what you're trying to do after um, your pro career is over? Or is that something that you're pretty much just pushing off and, and when it comes, it comes? Uh, no, I'm not pushing it off. I mean, I would like to play as long as um, it makes sense, as long as I'm healthy and still enjoying the game. and. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as that makes sense for our family as well. You know, once you have a family, you, you have to think about them as well. And as of right now, we love where we are. We really enjoy Germany. Um, you know, I was afraid in the summer and had some, some opportunities in other countries. But it's important for us to come back to Germany. We're, we're pretty, um, you know, we're familiar with it. And we really like the country and everything, how, how it's set up and people here. But um, after hockey, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean. You know, I have my degree from Clarkson University in business. Um, I run a goalie school in the summer. It's more of a part-time thing right now. So I work with some kids. I enjoy doing it. But um, I don't know if I'll, if I'll do that full-time. I, I don't think I – I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, there's some jobs that athletes can do that has interested me, something like uh, medical sales or finance. But to be honest, I, I, I think about it, but nothing is really – at this point, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's really struck me that, that would give me the the type of passion that I have with playing hockey. So, you know, I, I hope I hope with time I can find something that really interests me. So that, you know, I, I enjoy coming to the rink every day. I enjoy, you know, even though sometimes it's not enjoyable, you enjoy the training. You enjoy the, especially the time with the guys and, and the, the competition. But um, I'm hoping I can find something that you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm excited to do it. You know, that's mm-hmm. the most important thing for me. And, you know, not, nothing yet is totally, mm-hmm. you know, just slapped me face and said, this is, this is your next step. So for now, I'm just focusing on hockey a hundred percent and, you know, I'll, I'll keep my ears open, but nothing, uh, nothing really pressing at this moment that I want to do. Love it, man. Yeah. I mean, that's really maybe all you podcast. can do. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get in the podcast game. Hey man. You're pretty good at it so far. I'll give you that. So why not, right? It's fun. You you know enough people. You know way more famous people than I do. So all it takes is a quick message. Hey, let me talk to you for 30 minutes. Um, so yeah, but uh, sincerely appreciate it. Again, not trying to push you out of the sport. Promise you that. Um, but really just trying to get an understanding. I mean, if, if coaching is in your future, it sounds like you're already doing a little bit of that. So maybe that is something that you do um, later in life. Maybe come back to the States um, a little closer to your family, a little closer to your wife's family, that kind of thing. But I'm sure Germany's a blast now, so you might as well enjoy it while you got it right but um david honestly that's about it for me man i I sincerely appreciate your time today again hopefully 2022 rolls around and you're in the same position you were in 2018 you get the opportunity to represent us one more time but um i'm super happy that you had the opportunity to do it once really appreciate you as a representation of our country um and yeah man david leggio usa hockey 2018 olympian we uh we really appreciate your time today man thank you thanks for having me appreciate talking to you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with David Leggio. As I said, he's an incredible dude. He's got a lot of stuff going on um, with his son, with traveling around Europe, with his time in, in Russia and Eastern Europe. It's just, it's so cool that he got this opportunity to play for the United States hockey team at the Olympics at the highest level um, included. So uh, if you guys don't mind, please make sure to follow him on all his socials. They'll be in the show notes. Please follow us at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter, www.ourathletes.us, and shoot me an email, michael at ourathletes.us. If you have any questions or feedback is 
sincerely appreciated. So anyone out there with some, just let me know. I do my best. Um, what else? What else? Oh, like, comment, review, subscribe, share. Just help us get this out there a little more because our Olympic athletes definitely need more recognition. And this is my tiny little way of giving back. So thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day.